Welcome back to this week's episode for Insights into ETFs. We've all been eyeing record levels in the major U.S. equity averages. But what about flows for ETFs? In the first month of the new decade, U.S.-listed ETFs pulled in a whopping $51 billion. And in the first week of February, we saw an additional $20 billion flowing in. When we take a look at year-to-date flows, this time last year, there is quite the stark difference. Not surprisingly, one of the most popular sectors turned out to be U.S. equity ETFs, followed by fixed income ETFs and then international equity. Earlier, I was joined by Jay Hatfield of InfraCap, and he talked to me about total return opportunities driven by catalysts. Jay talked about key infrastructure sectors such as energy, real estate, transportation, industrials, and utilities. He also identified opportunities in entities that are not taxed at the entity level, and that includes MLPs and REITs. He also honed in on opportunities in credit and related securities, including preferred stocks. Jay, great to have you here today. Good morning, Remy. Thanks for having me. Well, first and foremost, we're well into the month of January and a new decade. So let's take a look at the global outlook for ETFs. What are you seeing right now? I think the most important dynamic right now is global monetary policy. We've shifted from 80% of the world's economies tightening monetary policy at the end of 2018 to 95% loosening monetary policy. And we think that's the dominant dynamic, as well as in Asia, there's... there's um, over a trillion dollars of fiscal stimulus being implemented. So we think that's going to drive the stock market higher and interest rates a little bit higher at this time. And Jay, of course, if we look at the ETF uh, industry, we know that fixed income saw a lot of interest as well as flows in 2019. But as we head into 2020, as you mentioned, there is plenty of risk as well as uncertainty. So what do you expect for fixed income ETFs in particular preferreds? Well, we think that last year was relatively easy to make money in fixed income because interest rates were declining. And we think that interest rates are likely to rise this year. And it's important to note that we believe that the impact of uh, the uh, contagion in China is likely to be short-lived. In particular, um, unlike in the SARS uh, outbreak, we do have antivirals now. We have recombinant uh, vaccines. And we're about to head out of the flu season. And so we think that that impact on global growth will be small. And if that's true, then interest rates are likely to rise. And so you want to be in spread product, <laughs> unlike last year where everything made money. And so spread product would be preferred stocks or um, high-yield <laughs> bonds. So we think those are the ones that will do best in uh, this type of economy. And of course, uh, I do want to get your take on energy. Now, as we head into the rest of this year, tell me what you're seeing in terms of uh, MLPs. Well, right now, um, we believe that oil is sort of at the bottom of its range for the year. Close, to, We think the range is 50 to $70 has been impacted by the, the um, virus in China with the impact on short-term demand. But we think longer-term demand is likely to rise because of the stimulus you mentioned. And we think MLPs are a good way to, to um, participate in the energy sector because they have long-term contracts. So they're fine whether the oil price is in the low 50s or in the 70s. So they, they're lower risk in that regard. And they've made a huge t- transition to be more value stocks. 
in that they've cut back on CapEx, they're buying back shares, um, they've reduced their leverage, so they're lower risk companies, <clears throat> and so they even actually benefit. There's scares like we're experiencing over the last couple of days, their prices go down, they can buy back shares at lower prices. So we think that they'll be an attractive way to generate income in uh, 2020. And Jay, last but not least, before I let you go, you've been in the markets for several decades, and we are seeing an extended bull market. And given your experience in the uh, financial space, what do you expect to see in terms of ETFs, especially given the extended run we've seen in terms of equities? Well, we have a, a non-consensus view that we're more mid-cycle than late-cycle. And specifically, um, the, the Federal Reserve really drives all, all major cycles. Inflation's contained. Um, also, the Fed has loosened up their 2% target to be an average target. So we're quite bullish about um, equities and ETFs, not just this year, but uh, for the next couple years, uh, given that, um, like I said, we've got um, favorable inflation outlook and a more um, flexible Fed. Okay, Jay. Well, thank you so much for joining me today at the New York Stock Exchange, and thanks for all of your insights. Thanks, Remy, for having me. I appreciate it. And thank you for tuning in for today's episode. As always, any comments or questions are welcome from the listening audience. Make sure to tune in for the next episode. We'll be taking a look at whether or not gold is losing its luster in 2020 and what it actually means to invest in this precious metal with exchange-traded products. This is Asset TV.